0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today is episode 4. In this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down and visit with Ralph and Link Shanaugh. I had a lot of fun visiting with them today, so I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to what they have to share. Stay tuned! for agreeing to come and meet with me today. All
1: right, it. all
0: right. Well, are you ready for a few questions? Yeah. I guess I'd just like to start off and have you tell us a little bit about your childhood and the events that led up to you wanting to be a cowboy.
2: Well, I I think I started riding a horse, I think, as soon as I... Get, get to travel, and I don't know. But I I started out riding, and I rode bareback all the time, because I never had a saddle. I rode bareback all the time. I had my old Daryl Nielsen. He's my nephew. he he's about the same age, and we just ride all the time. We ride up valley and Bareback back all the time and I, I was a pretty good sized kid when I got a my dad finally got me a saddle and the tree was broken it sat right down flat on the horse and, which I wasn't very heavy I don't know whether I ever made a sore on him or not but I thought I was really up top when I got that old saddle <laughs>
0: How old did you say you were when you got that?
2: Ah, I was probably about 7 or 8 I imagine but but I done a lot of riding back for that.
0: Brilliant.
2: But I just lived on a horse. So I started out, of course my dad and my brothers, and most of my brothers was in the cow business, you know, and running cattle too. There's 10 kids in our family. I'm the youngest of 10. And my brothers was older. And... But they was, when I was really getting into cowboy and doing things was my brothers were all 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 but one was in the army they wasn't at home and, and they was gone for a couple of years and when they come back well I was a little bigger and a little more handy I <laughs> 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 could do a little more things than, than them but I remember when I I, I don't think I was over Six years old, maybe, or seven at the most. Way. My dad had to go down to the old town of Pyrie. Have you heard of that? You uh, know. Where
0: was that
2: at? It's down on the Piree Creek. It's down, sorry, it's close to the highway that goes out to Page. Okay. And the old town, ta- there's a town there. That's where actually where my dad was born, it was down
0: there. And what was it called?
2: Perea, Pirie, Piria, they spell it a little different now than they did then. But there was an old gravel road that came in from Canab to there, and that's where the road ended. And he went down, there was one guy who was over the BLM, and he came out to the old town, and he needed to talk with my dad. So we left Henryville on a horse and went down through Cottonwood. I don't know whether you know that country or not.
0: not I just heard about it.
2: Clear down there and then back up to the old town and met this guy. And, and I went with him. He let me go with him. I don't think I was over six, maybe, or seven at the most. And I remember it was in the summertime, or close to summertime, how hot it was. And I know I dashed. I'd get tired. I got tired. and I'd ask my dad. I said, how, "How much further is it?" And he said, "About five miles." And we'd go ten miles, and I'd say, "How much further is it? Five more miles." Then <laughs> we'd go ten more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
2: must have been down there. You know, it's probably twenty-five or thirty miles, isn't it? Down oh, there.
3: yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's got to be thirty then miles. Five
2: miles or so up the old town but i was i got tired and i know i went down there that night we camped way down there in the cottonwood and, and there was a rattlesnake there when we pulled off the camp there's a rattlesnake there and i i know i woke up the night and i was having a dream that we was under a big cottonwood tree and there was a limbs come out over his sleep, and I had these nightmares. I could see them snakes up in that tree, <laughs> and they were crawling all the way. I know I started bawling, and I was scared. I started bawling. My dad, finally, he woke up and got a hold of me and pulled me down against him and said, everything's all right. And I was all right, but they were snakes over. Gosh. But it was, it was quite a long trip, I thought, for this to,
3: so his his dad and his grandpa were all they were in the cow business over there too, right?
2: Okay. Yep. My grandpa lived there, and my dad was born there. And his mother died when he was two. Yeah. And then his aunts, two of his aunts, took care of him, and they'd live in down to Pyrene, and then they'd come up to Henryville and back and forth. But they raised him, so he was he was in the business down there. With the, his dad, who was my grandpa huh.
3: so his grandpa came from England to Texas, right? If yeah, I'm telling yeah. the story wrong you should correct me, but he came to Texas and him and his partner Lige Moore drove a herd of cows from Texas to piute county really and then he then they both ended up back in Henryville, didn't they yeah, yeah. That's cool. in the in the cow business there so, so they
0: then did they stay kind of In the Henryville, down to Cottonwood area, is that kind of where you ran?
2: Yes, yeah, right in that same area where we run now, that same area right there.
3: Samson and Lige both died in Henryville, didn't
2: they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: I remember Lige more, but I don't remember my grandpa. He died before I can remember him.
0: Really? So watching watching your dad and your older brothers and everyone is that kind of what made you interested in it or did you feel like you didn't really have a choice that was just oh, your life
2: I, I liked everything about it I liked I liked horses and I liked to get out and get out there's a trail you know from Henryville out over the hill into Crotochrome and out into Dry Valley and then my dad had private ground out there no cabin out there and that nephew of mine we'd ride out there I think twice a day and I don't have to, I'll be close to 10 miles out there, isn't it? quite a ways. How so pull that hill. We was always on a horse. We'd get on a horse and we had an old burrow and we'd put a pack on that old burrow and go out across the creek and camp overnight and then come back the next morning. But <laughs> <laughs> I've always been, I've always been in horses and I like to get out in the hills and camp.
0: How old were you the first time you remember going out and helping move cows or bring them into town?
2: Or... We never did bring them into town. They was always out, out that. Dad had that place that's out there to the quote a where it is. And,
3: and that was for the park would have been there. You know, it wasn't a yeah. state park there then. And,
2: okay. They was always a he'd summer them out here and then take them down in that lower end in the, in the so winter. So they
0: never had to come back for weaning or shipping or Well,
2: anything. yeah, he'd, he'd bring them in and and had a corral out there. and he, what, He'd bring them in. He never had a <clears throat> pickup or a truck or anything. And there was a guy in, in Cannonville who had a big truck at Twichell, and He'd bring those, whatever he had in, I don't know, once or twice a year and gather them cows that what he wanted to sell and bring them in to that crowd, then he'd come and load them and take them to the auction or the sale or whatever. I know I how that krail out there in the dry valley I was out there with him one night and he had a bunch of cows in that krail. And I was this little old kid, you know, I was the youngest one. And he'd always take me with him. And we went out there and he says, now before daylight there were gonna be a, some car lights come around that road right there. That truck's gonna come load these cows, and he says, I'm going to get up, and go help. But you say I'm bad. And I remember a little kid raised up looking all there and listening to them, little dumb cows. But my my one brother, just older than me, we we were more cowboys than the other my other two brothers. But we liked to get into stuff that was wild. We had a bunch of wild cattle down there we'd go down there and chase them cows down there and wonder how they got killed. Right? The wilder and meaner it got, the more dangers it got, the better we liked
3: it. Tell her that story when you was like 14 or 15, you and Cliff going down there, your dad sending you down there on Brigham after that big steer. Yeah. You just a kid.
2: Yeah, I wasn't, but about 14, I think. And there's a canyon down through there. There's a, Cocks go here and one here, and you go up here and you can go down, and it's, oh, not very far between them, but, oh, man, it's rough in there, trees and ledges. And, and my dad would put cattle in there in the fall when it snowed. they put cattle in there, and they'd stay there all winter because there was a good browse feed in there. He went in there in the spring and gathered there all the cows out because you know not no water in there. There's a guy who went out on this side of the coxcomb and was riding along and looked off down in there. You could see a cow track down in there. He knew the cows was out, so he come home and told my dad, he said, you got a cow down in that, it's called a crotch, and dad's crotch, and he said, Dad, well, we gathered them out there. Well, he said, there's a track down in there. So he, he sent me down there. The road ended, you know, out there. We had to take a pack horse down through there. And Cliff Johnson, I don't know whether you know him or not, mm-hmm. he's the same age as I was when he was going to school. He went with me, and he didn't ever ride the horse much or <clears throat> knew anything much about him. And so we got out there to where this canyon starts, and it's about...
3: It's in, that's in Butler, you know where Butler Valley is by Grosvenor's Arch? Uh-uh. Yeah.
0: I don't know about that, that country.
2: I don't know that country. I don't know. It's probably 15 miles down through there, isn't it? I bet it is, yeah. We camped there that night, and Cliff was there. And I, Cliff had never been out there before, and he had to take the pack down the cottonwood. And this other places up here. And it's rough. And there's a trail down through here where the cows go. Cliff said, Well, how long do I know when to stop down there? And I said, Well, you just ride down through there. Till you see a stream of water coming in from the right and that'll be Hackberry and that's where he needs to stop. So he went down through there. So I got over and going down through this rough country and I got over in there oh maybe about halfway down and I, I run on this fresh track. And it's I jumped it and I could tell it was running run most of the way and I don't know why. I trot it. You couldn't trot it even. It's rough down through there. You can't even hardly trot it. Yeah. Cows can go under a tree, and you can't. Yeah. But I knew when we got down on the, where it opened up, there was no water enough. There, no. I knew I had to to get it right there. When that's where the road went off down into Cottonwood. So I went down through there with him all the way down, running him down through there, and right down at the end where it ends there was some, a ridge come around like this and these, these thick trees here and you just come up by them trees and hit the top and there was a flat there. And when I come up over top of that flat right there, I looked down and he was about halfway down that flat. He was running. So I laid to him and I knew my horse was about to give out. So I went after him and got right down the end of that flat and I roped him and tied him up to a tree. It was about a two-year-old steer, you know. It was a big critter it wasn't a calf
1: yeah.
3: he's 14
2: years old <laughs> his dad <laughs> sent him down there to do that <laughs> go ahead hear your story <laughs> so i tied him up to this tree and i thought well this horse he did he, he i'd run him down through there mm-hmm. as fast as you can go on a horse and he about winded out so i thought well i'll over and hit the top, the cocks go and look off down into Cottonwood. And I just got on top and looked down, No cliff was just coming into the, <laughs> the water stream. <laughs> so I went down and got on one of the pack horses. went back up to, to get him because he had to bring him over here and off down off this hill down in this canyon before there's any water. So he we went down and Old Cliff, I said, "Well, I got this steer tied up. We got to go up there and get him." And of course, he, when I roped him, tied him up. He was on the fight, you know, trying to hook mm-hmm. and everything. What they do I had my mind made up. Of course, me and old Cliff was just kids. I thought, now when I get up there, I'm going to have old Cliff go over there and untie that steer for me. <laughs> I know old Cliff had never had any experience like this, and I said, "Now that steer'll hook him, you know." Or, tromp him, and tomp him down a little bit, and I just wanted to see something extra.
3: <laughs> Did he have horns this year?
2: Yeah, he had a little, short, wasn't big, long horns. he had a little short one.
1: <laughs>
2: we rode up there, and I said, Griff, go over there and untie that rope for me. He was going to untie it and hand it to me, so I could, you know, had him, the horn going with him to put him off. Griff, a big, tall, lanky kid, he got off the horse and walked over there like that and went <laughs> up to that tree and that deer never even moved. <laughs> I thought surely would hook him, you know, or down, and I was looking for some action. <laughs>
1: so
2: he got off and hand, untied the rope and handed it to me, and i got it. work that steer up around. It took a long time, it was rough up there finally got him over on top of this hill and went off down in where the water was and took the rope off and let him go.
1: <laughs>
2: but I thought later after that that I thought, well, how come when I was a kid like that, how come my dad sent me off the way down there to do something like that? What we got what we wanted done and come back home.
1: Yeah.
3: That's why his dad sent him down there, even though he was a kid. He knew he could go do it, even though he was 14 years old. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was quite a, quite a deal. I, it's it it's been a big deal to me in all my life to think about, you know, yeah. that that my dad had sent me down there, uh, that rough country down there, no roads or nothing down there, you know, with a pack horse.
0: I think that's neat. That's... Something that kids these days probably won't even have the opportunity to do yeah, or, or don't need to do. Yeah, yeah, they so wouldn't. It's yeah. neat to hear those stories like that. Was that the first time that you had ever been out and roped something by yourself like that?
2: No, I was uh my brothers was in the army and all but one of my well, one just older than me. And we went down there to gather cattle and and I was I was 11 years old and my nephew was 10. and We went down there to get the cattle. My dad took me down there with him and we was gone 17 or 18 days. We had to go get them cattle and bring them all up. And we we had a lot of experiences down there going that long, you know. Yeah. What it, Now you put stuff in your horse trailer or pickup, but when we left town, what, what you had? You had on a pack horse and we was gone for over two weeks. Or would about you two pack
0: weeks. would you pack all of your food too?
2: Well they but when we go down there in the together as long about the first of June. And we'd just take whatever whatever you had to, what you wanted to eat, well you just carry it on a pack. We'd have four or five pack horses, you know, and, but we'd leave town with them.
1: Mm.
2: And you'd gone that long and come back. Well, it was a couple of weeks. I'm doing it. I know the time I got back home I thought I'd been gone for a year or two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: we had some wild cattle out there. When I was going to school, just a kid, I always had rope. There's was always rope and something. When we'd go to school, i would play wild horse up there and the other kids would be there wild horses or cows, and I was roping them.
1: <laughs>
2: I was always wanting to rope something. I always had a rope in my hand. And we went out on this same place out big out there, and we had all these wild cattle out there. And I was laughing, and my nephew was 10, and we had this old horse called Red Oak, and we was going out there after these wild cattle. And my dad said, there's a big steer out there, and he said, we don't care about the others, but we want to get this big steer. And he was three or four year old steer. And I had this rope and I was on this horse and I told my dad, I said, now when we jump that steer, I'm gonna rope him. Yeah, we got out there in them trees up there and he was tracking around, being careful. And boy, all the once the trees started cracking and then my dad and some of the others took after him and I was gonna get on there and rope him. And it wasn't very long with me and my nephew we was tracking. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to find out where they went. <laughs> I learned what you had to do along t- when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you was out there chasing them wild cattle if you start tracking you was out of the race. Yeah. The race is over. <laughs> <laughs> you start tracking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you
2: don't even get to see the fun part. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we ended up after that, my brother and I we owned them cattle, and we had to go down there, and they was wild, you know. They they were wild and deer. I don't know how come they come, maybe. But the BLM we had them, they were running down there year round. And I don't know, quite a few years ago, why the BLM they made a road in there, it said we couldn't leave them there year round. We had to gather them off. You can't leave them in that same area. So my brother and I we went down and to get them. So what we do, we'd go out there and he'd, he says, now, you go this way and I'll go this way. And we'll, we'll each rope a cow and tie it up to a tree. Then the next day we'll go down and rope two more. So you take, take them cows and tie them up to a tree and leave them two days or two nights in a day or something, two or three days, leave them tied up. Then you can go out there, and if you work with them a little bit, well, you can lead them. So we'd go out there, and he, we wouldn't to go together. He said, now whatever you do, and I'd, I would was a little skeptical. I thought, well, maybe I'll we do it together. And he said, oh, we're, we're, you're doing it on your own.
0: And this was your dad?
2: This was my brother. Your brother. He uh, okay. older than me.
3: This is after his dad had kind of got out of it, right?
2: Yeah, he, my dad got where he couldn't ride, so he, and then he'd tell us all that stuff. Anymore. And he said, I've, I've led two big—there's a big old dugway comes down off that steep off there. He said, I've led two steers off that one time. Hmm. So we'd go out there and tie them gals up, and then go back the, day, the next day and tie a couple of more up, and then we'd go back to get the ones we tied up first. So you go up the tree and get them untied. Notice they are always on the fight, them wild cows, as soon as you, even them little old calves, you rope them and they, they wouldn't try to run, they would come back and try to hook you. And them cows would be on the fight, and we'd go up and untie them off the tree. Notice they would try to hook you. And there's a pretty good flat there where we'd get in them. And the, you get right out in that flat where she got your rope dollied on this side. And you go out there and you make a, a circle like that. And she tried to hook and you just make a circle out like this. They was always on the inside of the circle. You make about two circles around out there and pretty quick while they'd got where they didn't want to hook, they'd kind of just kind of folly around. Then you get about to make a couple of circles where they'd quit trying to do anything why then they'd you could lead them you'd hit the trail and and what they do they'd they get knew that if they got right up by the back of that horse or by it that's where they was they was protected they felt safe when they got right up by that horse and you could hit the trail and lead them until they unless they got winded you know if they got tired why then they'd they'd stop and and if you stop and let it rest for a while, then you can go on. Mm. We got, other yeah, all them cows and brought them off there like that.
1: That's cool. We'd
2: have to lead them. that's must be four or five miles out there, isn't it?
3: Yeah, into the bottom, into Cottonwood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Rough country, too, you know. So we got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> where, where you come off of Brigham into Cottonwood, it's the same formation as this straight cliff right here oh, really? and the roads when you go down there if you look where the road is it's just like looking at that straight cliff right there but they built a road off there so that's
0: that's where they would come that's off.
3: where they would come off of brigham plains out there off into cottonwood and just really, it's just like that straight cliff right
0: there
2: really they went not the road there then yeah well, when well, you, maybe, they maybe they was right on top just barely on top yeah
3: but when you first went down there there wasn't no road There's just trails
2: yeah when me and was out that steer there, there was no road there there wasn't no road anywhere in there. Yeah.
0: What, is, was that your favorite part of running cows, was catching the wild ones? Yeah,
2: that's wild. what I like to do. <laughs> I like to go down there and chase them wild cattle. I told, I told that brother of mine, I said, I wonder we didn't get killed down there.
0: Did you have any wrecks doing that?
2: Not too bad. We come down there once and we jumped them wild cattle and they kind of split. My brother was coming that way and I was coming this way and there's was a ledge coming around there like that. And he was coming this way and there's a big old tree there and we had to come together. And we were right there. We we're gonna look like we was gonna hit, hit each other. And he said, "I." We talked about this after, you know. He said, well, I was on the other side of that tree, but he said, I could hear your spurs a-clinking, so he said, I knew you wasn't going to stop, so I, <laughs> he said, I, I pulled up, and we just barely passed like that.
1: Yeah.
2: So if he hadn't pulled up just a bit, we'd have hit. I don't know, why, what to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and we was chasing that wild cattle, and he'd, he'd always go, he'd always go ahead, because he was older, and I was coming behind, and there was a, flat out there, and we didn't even know it. I've been there since, but there was a jump off there. I don't know. it's probably about five or six foot high jump off just ledge right there. And he went ahead, and when he jumped off that ledge, he went out of sight. Well, there I was right there, and he was right down there. It looked like I was going to jump right on top of him. We was running, you know, chasing them cattle. It looked like I was going to land right on top of him, but that horse gathered up a little bit and just, he went out of sight I lit right out. <laughs> it was close <laughs>
1: It was mm-hmm. close
2: Oh, you got peeled up a lot You know, you got your head skinned up and <laughs> Your legs skinned up in them trees mm-hmm. and wild stuff mm-hmm. We didn't care we didn't.
0: That's what made it fun That's what made Pretty it
2: fun, fun.
3: Yeah. It's his brother, he's, he was a good hand too He's a good cowboy yeah, Good as dad yeah. was He's,
2: yeah.
0: What was his name? Wade. Wade. Who were some of the the old timers or the guys that you looked up to and learned from?
2: Oh, I remember uh, a lot of the mowers that was old. I, you know, they was I was just a kid and they was old guys. You know, but I they were heroes to me. And then they used to leave Henryville and leave right there and go down in that country and I'd watch them and they'd go down the lane right past us and they'd have eight or ten pack horses and then there'd be five or six of them and they'd leave but I i guess my dad was uh, the one I looked up the most because he'd he told the stories what he used to, how he used to do it and that's about, them wild cattle I talked about, he had them wild I know when he was down there too, Wait now, we just kind of took them over from him. Mm-hmm. That one older brother of mine was was down there a little bit, but he went out there and I wasn't very old. But I'd go out there with him. I didn't have any cattle, but I was out there because I wanted to get in on it. <laughs> and we got out there a time or two and it got pretty wild. And he he said somebody's gonna get Hurt down there, you guys chasing them wild cows, and he he finally sold the cows out. He didn't want to get in. It was too rough for him. Oh, that's brother. <laughs> yeah. My older brother. Uh, Jack. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said that uh, too. He he run cattle all the time, but he didn't like getting that wild stuff that stuff there. That's what I that's what I like.
3: So his brothers are all gone. He's the youngest of ten children and he's the only one left.
2: Yeah, I'm the only so. one left. We went out there on Brigham once, and I was just a kid, and I don't know, I, I know I was, well, it was the same day I found that cash down there,
1: and
2: me and Wade went out there, and he just had a young horse, and I had the older horse, and we was riding out this flat, and these wild cattle was out there, and I don't know what we was doing out there, just looking for something to get into <laughs> <again>. <laughs> we knew these wild cattle was out there and we rode up this flat and we looked way up on this ridge up there and he had a, Dad had a big steer up there and his horns was that long. He looked up there and that steer was down there up on the ridge looking down there at us and you could see them big horns up there. Wade said, let's catch that steer and saw them horns off him We always carried a saw, you know, a brand iron on your saddle. I said, all right, let's go get him. We went way up around like this and come in the back of him and he come out and come down that flat and this brother of mine roped him and I roped him by the hind feet and we threw him down and put the hobbles on him and tied him up so he, he couldn't get up and he walked over to his horse to get the saw and saw his horns off and I had the tail up to his hind legs, you know, pulling on it he had the hobbles on him and he pulled that head up from the bottom right there to saw that lower horn off and he was sitting kind of up on his head and that old steer throwed his head like that and throwed him over there and him into that chair. And then that old steer turned his head around I forgot, and I look at me holding his tail and the slobber was going you Well, know? <laughs> I wanted to cut loose. That. <laughs> we finally got him down and got the horn sawed off. him. I had this when we got after him, my Wade said, "You let me take that old horse, and you get on this young one, because he said, no, I'll rope him." I said, "Okay." So when we got him all sawed off, I was still holding him with the tail between his legs. And Wade said, no, "I'll go up here and I'll hold the horses, and when I tell you why, or when you tell me why you let him go, and I know, you can run, run, get on his horse." And, his horse was a little bit spooky when you just run, you get up to him, but he was a little spooky just running up to him. I said, well, how am I going to, he will i be around on the other side so he can't get you. So well, I turned loose of that steer on his nail like that, and boy, I made a run for that horse. And I got over there and I on and looked around and in that steer and even he moved. He still there. <laughs> 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 it was, it, was, it was something. <laughs> well, I started out when I was young and I've been at it ever since. I, I haven't done much riding in the last year or two because it's kind of hard for me to ride. Did you I ride? Think, Go ahead. I think I can still do it. These guys <laughs> I let, you could. <laughs> these guys let me. <laughs> they want to do it for me so I don't have to. <laughs>
0: Did you ride
2: a lot of good horses? Yeah, I had I had we had some good horses. You know what? That's what makes good horses. Use them, and we used them. Because before they built that road in there, we left town on them, and that's the way you got back.
0: Yeah. Did you raise them, or did you buy them from people around?
2: We didn't raise many. My dad, he said he'd when he started out, he said oh, I had a few colts, and he said they'd always get crippled or something happened to them before they got up there, so he'd most of the time he'd. Horse guys that come used to be that traders, guys that come through with horses and trade all the time. Really? And I remember when I was a kid, remember old Max White and then was young guys? Mm-hmm. They'd had trucks and they'd yeah. come through and yeah. I remember my dad had a big old white horse and he his name was Joe and I said, How come you how come you call him Joe? And he said, Well, I bought him Joe Pollock. I don't know you know any Joe Pollock stories.
0: No, I don't. You
2: don't know any of <laughs> his? <Uh-oh. laughs> well, he Sounds
0: had, like I should though.
2: He had that fifty down there on the end of fifty down there for a long time, Joe did. I'm not sure what do you know any Gail Bailey stories?
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about the Baileys. I was actually gonna ask you about that too.
2: No, he uh, well I think Gail bought that from Joel. Anyway, Joel Polly, they, can they run that cat kind of country down there.
3: Okay. Well he spent he spent uh two different years after his junior year of high school and right after he graduated a month at a time down on the 50 with Gail and McKay down there gathering cows.
2: Yeah, we... I was a senior in high school and and I was... played baseball all the time and and I played catcher. And I don't... I, I tried to think the other day how come I ever got in touch with Gail but I guess he was looking for somebody to go down and Right, I got a hold of him somewhere or another he said you bet that's cool so that day I come over and got my saddle and all my stuff left over there and come over and got with Gail and we went down the desert and, uh, and our team over the tropic was playing that client that day when I come over there and I was the catcher of the ball team and I told the coach I says I'm headed down on the 50 <laughs> he said what about this baseball deal I said, I don't know. I said, I'm more interested in this. But <laughs> well, we had a good ball team, and we went down. They they went down to got in the finals right down for the state. That's when all the big schools played together down there. And they got right up, even though I'd, there's somebody, and I'd been catching for ever since I was in the eighth grade. Nobody else did. I'd, and then they had to move somebody else in, and old, the coach was over there not long ago, he said, you know, We'd have a big trophy up in that school up there if you hadn't went down on the (laughs) 50th. And why the the teachers let me go or not, but I was gone for a month. I left on the 25th of September, and I come back the 25th of October, and I was down there for a month. But when we gathered down there, we rode our horses from here all the way down. We never had a truck. That was been the early 50s. And Gail and I took off down there to Willow Tank. Is that Willow Tank, you know, where the cabin is right back by the ledge?
0: Oh, I don't
3: know. The uh, cabin's burnt down now, okay. but yeah, yeah that's, that's Willow Tank.
2: But anyway, he run cattle out on the Escalante Creek. That was for the dam. And we rode out through there. I don't I know I thought we was going to come into Wayne County. So, always <laughs> oh, long ways, we went out through there and dropped off in the Escalante Creek, then it was gathering down. Okay. And McKay went on down there and come up. From the Saudi Springs over there down in and then we met there and brought them cattle out
3: and took them up on the 50
2: They're, well no we was gathering them in the fall and we would going leave them there on the desert oh I see. But we took them in there to get the calves he had old Mac, Mac who that we used to try called Mac Nelly, yeah he come down there and got the calves when he weaned them and we'd bring them up out of the up out of the Esquanty Creek and up on the beach, you know, up on the desert there. Okay. And I remember old Gail was telling me about it. And we was camped down in the bottom, down in there, where it's all underwater now. And He said, there's one of them Allen guys. I don't know whether you want to get into all this or not, but he said, there's a, an Allen guy that runs cattle down in there in that creek. And we was camped over on the other side there. The creek went now He was camped out over there. And he said, see that hole right over there? Kind of a bank over there. And I said, yeah. He said, well, that, that Alan was down here. And they was giving cows. And he had two or three kids with him. Two, I think. And he said, I went up the creek and then left them kids there to stay in camp till I got back. And he said, they went over on that bank over there. And was digging in there and made a hole back in there. And the bank caved in on them. Oh. And that was, I remember him telling me that and showing me where that was at
0: right there. Wow.
2: Do you know about Joe Pollock? You don't know mm-hmm. any of Joe Pollock stories.
0: But I do have a question about Gail, really quick. Because okay. it seems like everybody that I have talked to so far has either either went and helped them a couple times or, or worked for them. Yeah. Did they have enough going on that they just needed a lot of help, or did they just go through help fast?
2: Well, they had, they had a lot of cattle. Old Gale had a lot of cattle, man. We went out of that Escalante Creek right there, and that trail went out like that and wound around like this, I don't know, cleared out onto the desert. And them cattle were lined up in the bottom, cleared up the top, up through there. And then then they, then they had all them out on the 50, too. But but McKay had been in the Army, and he just barely got out of the Army when I went down there with him. That was in about 1952 or 53 or something when we went down there. But he, he and I, was I was the only one that was there, just McKay and Gail and I. And Gail didn't go out on the 50. He went out there with us, help us get set up, and then he come back off. But we was down on the creek, I imagine, four or five days, and then we went out on top, and then McKay and I was out there. I did that with them for two years when I was a senior, and then I went there the next year after I got out of school.
3: Okay. That's when you'd go to them trap krails out there? Yeah, had them
2: trap krails out on the 50 out there, and we'd go to them. You probably know about them.
0: I've heard about them, but I've never seen them or anything like that.
3: Oh, we was, we, me and Dad was down there, what, 20 years ago or 25 years ago down there hunting them wild bulls and went to some of them water holes and some, you could see it that the one place down, was it down trail hauler? You could still see the, the trap it. door, uh, the trap gate. It really?
2: was still, there. Hold, hold still yeah. that was cool.
0: Is that yeah. how they would catch a lot of their mm-hmm. stuff up there?
2: It's it's rough, you know, and bad up there. that they'd What they do is build it around the water. They'd, they'd build a trail around it like that and they'd put them poles in there like like that just put one here like this and then them poles would be quite long and they'd be like this and then you had them pointed and then then they'd them poles would kind of come in like this Them cows would come in there like that and push them poles open and they'd go in the ground and then that this would be sharp and they couldn't get back out and you could go there and get them we went there and that one down trail all over there but down there sometimes they be 20 head in there. You could get mm-hmm. them out of there and head them up you know, to put them off the 50 down on the range.
1: Yeah.
2: And sometimes you lose half of them before you got over <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Comparing the 50 to where you run, what would you say is more rough or is oh, it equal? It's, not,
2: it's a lot rougher down here.
0: Really?
2: Yeah, it's a lot rougher down there.
3: A lot thicker trees. And-
2: the canyon's deeper and a lot red. It it's way rougher down here.
0: Everybody he talks about it, so it must be something yeah. special.
2: You know, I was down there once and we went out on one of them points out there and we had to, I had a little saw on there and you'd have to get out there once a while and you get out there and have to take that saw to cut them trees out to get out. You get down there and you can get out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's out on the 50 now we're talking about out on the 50 okay? yeah you know down the desert and stuff now, but anyway when we come out of the creek you know the story about the the artist what's his name Everett Roos.
0: oh yeah you know about him mm-hmm.
2: well we come out of that creek there that day and I was I was just a kid you know and we come out of there and we brought all these cattle out on the desert right there and Gale and McKay and just the three of us I guess driving them cows out there and Gail was over on that side and hollered over there and he says, We'd already talked about that. He went down and he went out to them burrows. You know what the story
1: is. Mm-hmm.
2: He he called, hollered at and he says, Come here. And I rolled over there wasn't and you knew that he was the one that found the burrows. I
1: mean
2: Gail's the one that found the burrows.
1: Really?
2: And he hollered at me, Good morning. I went over there and he says, see that little swag right down there and I said, oh, and he said, that's where I found them burrows. All oh, that Rouge. He said, that's where they was at right there, and they found that pack outfits, you know, and the burros were still right there. And that was, I don't know how long after that mm-hmm. he'd come up missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, well, whatever happened to him? He said, well, I can tell you, but he said, I'm not going out. <laughs> so, uh, and you know the story of him, so.
0: If you could go somewhere horseback today, where would you go? Like, what's the neatest place you've been? Or did you just enjoy it all?
2: I enjoyed it all, but I'd go right down there where that wild cattle was down there.
3: On Brigham Plains? And...
2: I'd go right down there.
3: His, his dad liked it down there, too, didn't he?
2: Yeah, my yeah. dad. He got a, In one of them ledges in the canyon down there, he kind of had a, a, a hangover ledge aren't right there where he go and camp he trap all the time and you went down there now under that ledge and some of them coyote boards that he stretched with and some old fruit jars and things still like
3: Still that. there where oh, his cool. dad came. Still
2: there, right there. Right
0: there now. Do you guys still camp there
2: ever? I used to but when I ride a lot. I used to go there and camp. I Me and old Mooney went down there you know, and camped all winter on that same ledge right yeah. there. Built fire right where he was at. You go out there and there's kind of a flat that goes out like that. And right upon that edge out there, there's quite a few trees along there. And there's a great big old, I guess a pinion, isn't it? Big old pinion, that big old tree? Yeah. It's a big old pinion tree and it stands way up above the others. And you can get way over that country, way over on this side, and you can look back and you can see that tree. And my dad said that big tree there is a watch over there. and make sure that everything's all right out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I like that place down there.
3: I, I could have answered that question for you. When you asked him that, I knew what he was going to say. I could have answered <laughs> that for you. <laughs>
2: yeah, I got a lot of memories in that deal down there. That same day when we cut the horns off that big steer, when I found that cash thing, oh, you know, you know the story on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't know that? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I, I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> well, we... We was camped down in the down in the bottom. This cottonwood is just a canyon. that goes down.
3: That's where the road goes all the way through there, from Cannonville to. You you've been through there, haven't you? Yeah, down
0: yeah. like to Knab. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It comes well, it, in com- it comes in between Canab and Page, just just west of Big Water. The okay. The road hits Highway 89 just west of Big Water.
0: So I get, I haven't been all the way down it. Yeah, been all down there. I don't know that. what you're talking about.
2: But it goes down through there, and you know, ledges on both sides. And, so you, there were no roads, and we'd have to. My dad had four or five places down through there that you could go around through the rocks and out on top of a little bench out there and haul your horses, you know, because there wasn't nothing for them to eat in the bottom. The cows in there, you haul them. Sometimes a, cow, a horse would be back to Interville the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> So we had this place down there, other well, several of them down there, but we was camped there and I'd take these horses out or you of course you've got to have pack horses and your riders, and we'd have eight or ten horses or so. And he'd had this trail and he'd always take them out on there. And that same day that we saw the horns off that steer when we got in there kinda of late and I had to take the Because as I was the youngest I had to take the horses out on there. So I took this steep trail way out on there, and usually when you get out there, you get out on top, you'd hobble them right there, and then they wouldn't come back off because it was bad, and then you'd go out the next morning and they'd be right there. So I went out there with them that night, and it was getting late. It was about sundown when we got in chasing that big steer out there. And there was my dad and my uncle, and, and I, think my, I think Jack and Gene were there too, weren't they?
3: Yeah, that's the way you've told the story before that a couple of your brothers was
2: there. So there had been three of my brothers and my dad and my uncle. All of us were there. So I took these horses out, and this one little horse we had there, I I went to hobble him, and, and he and he took off running, going that way. And I don't know why he did, because he left all these others. We had them hobbling it's quite a ways out there, too.
1: Yeah.
2: So I just kept going, I kept going, and it got... Dark. It was getting dark and I thought I took it way out on this little bench out there and there was big ledges up here and, and I was kneeled down and hobbled him. I thought, well, I'll just catch him hobble you right here. So I kneeled down and I was hobbling him and it was in it was in February. And the moon was shining right out there. And I could see pretty good because it was moonlight. It was dark though, but it was moonlight. When I was all that horse, I looked up on the ledge, on the edge up there, and I could see something shining. It shining real bright. So I hauled this horse and walked over there and looked at it, and there was a tin box there. Now, you're talking about down there, one little gravel road coming in me. The, the prairie is all there was. There wasn't nothing in there nowhere. So I went over and took a look at it, and this box was about, about that wide and about five feet high and about eight feet long Course it was dark and I didn't really pay attention to it because my dad had up the creek away and my dad had a box in there and he always carried grain and supplies in there in case he got down there and it was winter time and he got snowed in or something so we went on quite a while down there and I asked dad I said whose box is that out on there where at I said well I don't know where I ain't no box out there. And I said, there's a tin box out there. I went up there and looked at it. Then they got after me then. I was just a kid, you know, and they got after me. Ah, you just got scared and you just got, thought you saw something <laughs> out there. And I said, no. I walked right up to it and looked at it. Ah, you just got. And then anybody that about decided that I didn't see anything because they about talked me into it. <laughs> So he said, go back next morning, go back up there and see if that box is still there. So when I went up the next morning and went there, here was that tin box down through there. And right over there, there was a hangover ledge like that, and it was all mortared up with mortar with a window in it. There was another one up there with a door in the side of it.
3: Another tin box.
2: Another tin box. So I got a little boogered in. This is the next morning. So I went back over to the top of the hill and they was camped down the bottom. And I, went over and I said, Well, that box is still there. And I said, There's a cave up there and another tin box up there. I could hear them talking down there. <laughs> like, like, dad, dad, said, go see what's in it. <laughs> so I went back over. And this one I saw first, they all had padlocks on. And this one I went to first, it was kind of, the door on it was kind of limber. And so I got a hold of the top of it like this. And boy, I was scared too because I thought there was somebody dead in there because there wasn't no tracks or nothing in there. So I got a hold of the top of that and pulled it down a little bit and I looked in there like that and it was clear full of, of food. Really? Canned stuff and peanut butter and honey and I don't know how many cans of fish. It was clear at the top. So I went over to this cave and looked in that and I could see some wires coming out of it and this window was in there and I kind of looked that over a little bit and I thought, yeah, that window's locked from the inside. Then I looked at this other one up there and it had a padlock, so I I said, I'm not monkeying this no more. So, so we went back up, you know, and this thing was full of, and then this cave that had the window on there and there was a battery in there and a propeller This is one of
3: huh? the boxes right there.
2: That's the one with Oh, well, it's
0: the, not like a little box, it's big.
2: Yeah. That's the one right there that's up on there that was kind of upon the rocks and I we finally got into it and there was a bed in there. There's the, the cave and the window in it. Oh. Wow. And then the one over there with that had all the food in. But in that one there with the hole in it right there, there was a bed in there. A little twenty two rifle up over the door a little wood-burning stove back in the end of it. So who it was, we didn't know.
0: That's cool.
3: Never did, didn't you say there was some kind of a uniform in there, a military uniform of some kind?
2: German unit thing on there. And this cave had five-gallon jugs of water in there. Now, this this is tough getting up on there. Yeah. Right? It it's bad and them things are still them right there. They're still there.
1: Really?
3: That was we we all went down there. It was on October eighth of twenty sixteen we all went down there and looked at it. Never did figure out for sure. Never did who put it there or why or what it was Yeah.
2: And we went for quite a long time. We weren't gonna say anything to anybody about it. It went quite a long time. I was still in school. And the dad told me that the sheriff, Kane County Sheriff, contacted me said, We're going to come get that stuff and investigate it. And I told him, This little rifle was on there, a 22, and it was like, it was a single shot, and it was like them shotguns. You know how they kind of break down?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it had them square corners on the barrel. And, cool. And I told my dad, I said, Now, I was the one that found that, and I don't care about nothing about it, but I want that little rifle. It's only this sheriff down there. so said, well, we'll see that you get that back. Never did. Really? Never did, never again. That was in 1952 or
1: 53. It is, it's
3: it's, if I remember right, when you told the story, that it had been there long enough that the you said that it looked like the bed had just barely been made, and you go there and touch the blankets, and they was it was rotten, It it just fall to pieces. Is that right? Yeah, it
2: was in that tin box, and there's a hot down right up against that ledge. So this little, was there, planned on staying there for
3: a
0: while, it yeah. packed up all that food and yeah. like, yeah.
2: water and stuff in there. There's a propeller in there, a little thing to generate electricity. Now you're talking about way out on there.
3: Yeah. You about to, I don't know. I don't know how you got them horses up there. I wouldn't want to try to take a horse up there where we walked up. Well,
2: you couldn't get up there now with them, but, you know, it's washed out and got worse since then. But I'd take them horses up there, drive, ride one. I'd get on their bareback and get a hold of that mane and ride it up there and (laughs) hobble them horses and then walk back.
3: We went down there when I was in the state presidency. We went down there with the scouts, with kids, you know, teenagers, and there's two or three of them couldn't make it up there. They quit. So we can't we can't go up I that so it's about. just that's that steep <laughs> to get up on there so somebody done a lot of work and went to you know put a lot of effort into getting all that stuff up on and there these,
2: these things are made tin you know and they put together and yeah the mortar and the cemented the mortars in there and that window that metal window that's in there mm-hmm. uh, it was
3: you probably want to get back to your cowboy stories.
2: <laughs>
1: you probably want to get into this is that. What I, like. I like all of this. Stuff. <laughs>
2: um, and that very day is the day we saw them horns off that big steer. <laughs> i mean, there and out there all that of night. The day's work. <laughs> all in there. The one we liked every bit
0: of it. I like to ask people what it seems like the things that were more difficult for people back in the day versus now. It yeah. seems like. That always changes. Yeah. So, what was the hardest part about running cattle while you were running?
2: Well, the hardest part was when we, when I was a kid. You know, there wasn't any roads in there. You took, you'd gone a couple of weeks or three weeks, and whatever you had to eat or whatever you did, you carried on a horse. Now you put your horse in there in a bale of hay and a can of pop and by in the back and. Ice on it.
3: Ice in your cooler, and, <laughs> and
2: then I know we went down there. My dad took me down there, and we was gone two weeks or 18 days. We was gone 18 days when we went down there, and whatever you had, you put in the pack horse right there. And that old water down there, that one place had a alkali water down there, and it's oh, it's hard to have cattle. Down. I don't know won't drink it, but that's what we drank. And I couldn't understand then why all them guys drink coffee. <laughs> and I found out why you drink coffee, because you couldn't then drink that water. Yeah. You had to drink coffee. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, he, he had this old new and I know we, they had a bench out on there, and they went up in like this, and it was a place they about to size of a gate and then it went in there and opened up like this and then it was all edged in and we'd gather them cows and put them up in there and then about every two or three days and you'd have to go in there and gather all them cows up and bring them down out of there water them and then put them back then you'd start gathering again and I remember that one day that this nephew of mine was keeping them cows up there I know my dad just told me they to stay up there and watch that gate because to get rid of us, you know. <laughs> we used up there all day and it was about the first of June, it was hot. We had, you'd eat breakfast and have a egg probably for breakfast and a bacon powder biscuit. Then you'd never eat again till night. And it wasn't too far from camp where we was watching this gate. I told him I said, let's go down there and look in that pack, see if we can't find something down there. We went down there and there's one of them more can of them kipper snacks. <laughs> We went down there in that pack and got one of them out. We looked down the flat and here that guys was coming with the cows. And I told him, I said, "You make a run just as quick as you can and get up there over that gate and hide them kipper snacks." And I was riding old mule. I said, "This mule can't go none very fast." I said, "You go up there and hide them kipper snacks and I'll be up there in a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> he took off the run and went up there and hid down kipper stacks. We went back there and we never did find him. And I've been back there 15 times. <laughs> and we never did find him. <laughs>
3: that right there where the old house
2: was? <laughs> no. Was down there at Coyote and that bench that goes up on there. Up there where that wine jug was.
1: Oh, yeah. Was on that bank. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we was down there once and we we've been camped down there a week and he's Two or three of these other guys come from Canterville come down there, and they, you carry everything on a horse. They come down there that day, and that old bad water down there. And there's a place there called Hackberry, and it, the water's really good. They come down there that day, and oh, they'd come in there, and they was all tired, laying back. You know, been riding all day. And this guy said to one of them there that had been riding, he said, I'd like to have a drink of that hackberry water? Oh, I said, that'd be good. He went over there and come out of this jug of wine. <laughs> and they got on there and got on that wine and they never even went to bed that night. This <laughs> nephew of mine was there, we went over to kiss kids. You know, we went over and went to bed and them guys were still hollering and shooting everything and the next morning. Then <laughs> they just they just got a little bit of stuff there and, they went and took off and went riding and come back in there and that night down there, they was ready to go to bed. <laughs> 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 and that old wine jug stayed there for years and I don't know, just the last And That was in, God, that had been in the 40s.
1: Hmm.
2: I went back there not too long ago and walked out there, got that wine jug and I got it in my shed. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you define... The word
2: cowboy, what does that mean to you? Well, <clears throat> what I really liked the most was going down there and That brother of mine and going down there and chasing them wild cattle. You don't get any rougher than that. You go down there and rope them cows and tie them up and do what I've told you right. You don't get any rougher than that. And I always felt like that if you couldn't go down there and throw a rope and rope and tie something up, you was one of them cowboys that this thought you was a cowboy. So that, to go down there and then, there, there's just a way to handle cattle. And there's a way that you handle them and they're not. And everybody that puts on a car, pair of boots and a cowboy hat is not cowboys. There's there's something to handle them, to ride out there and do something like that. That's all right. But if you're handling cattle and you've got a big herd of cattle and you've got to move them a long ways, there's, there's something there that everybody don't have. Even though they can ride a horse and got a pair of spurs and boots on. And I've witnessed that to... Uh, you know what it is. So there's, there's cowboys and then there's not. I don't know if that's way to put it or not.
0: That's a good definition. Do you have any advice for the next generation or for somebody who um, thinks that they might want to start getting into the industry?
2: Yeah, but they don't want to hear it <laughs> I want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear it I've been none of them guys some of them old cows are poor and got little calves on them and they want to ride up there run over here and drive these over there and then they got a cockeyed eyed dog right there don't even know enough to eat all at once you got cows with little calves and they want to drive them 15 or 20 miles in a day and 5 miles is all they're good for. And I ain't knows I've, I've, I've got disgusted and yeah, one time I told them, I said you guys are going to handle these cattle and do like we do and get rid of them dogs or I'm going to love the horse and go home. I said now you've either got me or, or that. And I knew what needed to be. So they took their dogs over and locked them up in the truck and I said now you get back these cows actually, and we'll drive I'm like they need to be driving and I I go out there with these guys now I think it's the only one that I've I've been out there and I don't know whether it's cause he's been around me maybe more than the others or what but there's a there's a way to drive cows and there's a way not to, to hand, handle them cattle and I was talking to a guy the other, day, the other day right down there and I I told him and I said i get out there and ride much anymore or do anything and he said well he says I don't know whether I'll tell you this or not but anyway he said <clears throat> well he says I've been around you all my life he was just a kid and drove you up he's been around you all my life he says, I've always I've always watched you, see what you do, the way you handle cattle. He said, I've, I've learned that when I move my cows and do what I'm doing, I do it like that from what I learned from you.
3: A few years ago, me and him was down there moving cows ourselves out of, took, we gathered them up in Cottonwood and we took them up this big hill, like going up there out on the brig, and just me and him, and I don't know how many we had, Maybe a hundred head, yeah. and uh, then we stayed there that night. And I did the same thing. When I'm with him handling cows, I watch what he does, how fast he's going, how much he's crowding the cows, and I tried to do what he's doing, especially when I'm with him. And he he probably won't remember this, but that night we that night we stayed in a tent together. He's got a little wall tent, and me and him get in there, and it's. It's chucker block full with both of us in there (laughs) and our beds in there. But we got in bed that night and he started talking about what we'd done that day. And it's just, uh, I I knew what he was trying to tell me without coming right out and saying it. But he was talking about it's just something that two fellers can come out and together do what we've done today and get them cows as far as we've done it. And I knew what he was saying, and I'll never forget that because I knew what he, in my mind at least, I knew what he was telling me is, I like what you did today. you done it the right way. Um, so
2: but I, I go watch these guys moving cows, and they got them on the run and run them over here and run them back over there. And I, I, that, That's not the way you move cows. Just,
3: so your advice to some to the next generation is to just slow down a little bit. Just <laughs>
2: that program on TV you gotta drive these cows run them up there to get them somewhere tonight so you can watch that program on TV you can watch that next week <laughs> 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 old Alice told me that the other day and I, I told him I said well <clears throat> I, I didn't tell him he told me about that he'd watch me do cows and he tried to do his but I've been around him where I thought he was not doing like you should, but he, he told me, maybe, maybe maybe in circumstances, I don't
3: know. <laughs> on our range, and for Dad, on our range, w- we don't need Catahoula dogs. I, some people do, I, I, we both get that, and on some ranges you need it, but on our range, most of the time you can see our cows for five miles away, so Dad's never been a fan of dogs around cows, especially in the spring when they got little calves.
2: Well, I think you can handle cattle and they dogs around them all the time. They get used to them. They don't pay a whole lot of attention to them, but then when we had them there, they didn't, them old cows, little thin in the spring like that, and them dogs, and they back there are trying to hook them and bellowing, and the calves are going. I, 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 I just couldn't take her. I said, you guys are gonna do something around me. I'm going out. I just can't take her. Well, I say there's a there's a way to handling cows and and just because you got a big hat on a pair of boots and spurs on that's not saying you're a cowboy. Now I, these guys that ride rodeos and stuff they're a different breed of cowboys. They're they're a whole different. But when you start hunt, gathering cattle and handling cows and stuff like that, why that's that's the cowboy I that I. I talk about it. Of course, I've done a little rodeo and roping a little bit too on that, but
3: that's, yes, that's in a different setting. Just a side story of that, and, and maybe you're maybe you're out of time, but he, dad's got a belt buckle someplace or his house that he won team roping. At, in Tropic, they just pull the cars around, right? Yeah. <laughs> to make the arena just from cars parked around, and he won the team roping at one of them rodeos with Donna's dad.
1: <laughs> I mean, we got a belt buckle.
2: I told him about here the other day, and I wanted to take it off, and you went to but she wouldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's cool. laughs>
0: what would you say the biggest lesson you have learned in your life is?
2: Uh, well, I guess the best lesson I learned is handling them cows with my dad. I guess that's why he did it.
0: Do you think that there are lessons, or even just traits, that kids growing up in this lifestyle can learn um, what, that they can't learn in the city or anywhere else?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I think they are, and I, I, I think there's, I think there's kids, you know, that if they really wanted, but you know, they they don't handle they don't handle cattle like we used to. They they just they just do them different than you know the one I was a kid mm-hmm. one after when well, they got roads in there why so we did it different but I think that if there's kids that's got the right personality and want to want to learn something you know but a lot of times why well, they don't they don't want to listen they, they, they figure they I don't know but you can't you can't take you can't take a kid out there that that's not interested in cows and not interested in horses and teach them something that they don't they don't want to learn. They're not interested. So,
1: well,
3: I I remember my dad telling me stories that when his his dad was out on the range and got up in the night sleepwalking and fell off a ledge and hurt his hip. Right? Yeah,
2: that's why he had to quit. Riding. And he
3: so he had to quit riding and so. He had a, he had one of these little Willie's Jeeps that he'd go around in, and I, I, Dad told me this story two or three years ago. They was out in Dry Valley, out there by Kodachrome, and the, him and his brothers was on horses trying to separate cows in the spring and going different ways. <laughs> that brother's there, and this brother's here, and my dad's there, and Grandpa's there in his Jeep watching them. And, and I remember him telling me, he says, she says Dad, just over there saying, car, I don't know what you fellas are doing. He says, I, y- y- he says, "The difference between what you fellers are right now and it was when I was doing this kind of stuff is I was mounted and you guys ain't." <laughs> so, yes. so it's different for every generation. You know, uh, it it was different for my grandpa doing cows, and it's different now for Dad than it was when he first started. And yeah. So, it's just- <laughs>
2: the roads in there made made a lot of difference in it. Yeah. And Dad says, I was a horseback and you guys afoot. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: But I, I think, you know, to, with what he said with kids, we've been up there, Doreen, both of us, several times this summer, roping up there, and, and you see it in kids. Like Ty, he'll come and ask me, or Todd, your dad will say, tell Ty what he need to do different, and he'll listen to you. And he'll look you in the eye and he'll listen to what you're saying and then go try to do what you advise him to do. But a lot of kids, and it's not just kids today. You know, kids always have been like that. The ones that have interest in it, they'll listen and try to learn from somebody, someone else. And I think it's the same way. That's what Dad's talking about.
2: But they don't. They don't. It's like I said. There, when we left, we left on a pack horse with a yeah. carried in there what you had to eat. That, it's, it's just a whole different way of life. Yeah. I say this time to I was born hundred years too late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you look back on your life, is there one particular memory that stands out to you that you'd like to share with us?
2: I don't know, I guess one of the as a little kid when I went out with my dad went down there and he talked to the BLM guy got in the snakes down there. I've had a lot of things with him, you know, and he he, uh, he wasn't, he never rode a horse after he was 55 years old. He fell off that ledge down there and hurt him and he couldn't ride. So I never, you know, the time we got, got up there, why, the last time when I was down there and I was 11 years old, we went down there we to gone all that time, my dad rode very little. He walked and led the horse because he couldn't ride. And he, and he that was the last time he went on a roundup and he never went after that other than that jeep he'd go along with that jeep in there but i think probably that one right there and then the one where he sent me down there you know to get that wild steer down there but you know when when i was growing up my dad had all the other kids there you know and he didn't he spent a, a lot of time with them, and there wasn't a whole lot of individual times, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> but any time I was, any I was out with him, I was all right. I was all right when
3: I was out with him. So one one of my favorite cowboy stories, is that, and, and maybe you don't want to hear, but I'd like that to, to tell it to you, and then you can edit it out of your stuff if you want, but. Yeah like he said they didn't raise many horses so they were always looking for horses so tell him that story about Uncle Wade getting that horse up on the mountain up there from old Marvin taking him down there and what he did to him
2: <laughs> well the BLM coming <clears throat> maybe you don't want to get into all this if you get where you want to quit like you say it's kind of where you going for a week <laughs> <laughs> But we was going to... The BLM said we had to go down and gather these cows. And, and there was a road out this hill that, that ended on top. And... Well, would had this one horse there and he he gets Sunday Mondays. I don't know if you know what that is or not, but they're... He'd, he'd, like, he'd okay, get Colleague. Calling okay. tie up. you know. What he, did you call it? Sunday Mondays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we well, got to go out there... And, Get them wild cows up there," he says. "I better see if I can find a ho- Find me a horse." And there was a guy over there. Tropic lived over there, and this guy come in there. I don't know where he come in from. He had this big gray horse. And there was a guy there that lived there, and he used to rodeo quite a bit. Old, I forgot his name. Old Lou Lewis. Yeah. And he wanted to even break this horse, an old Lou took him there and he lived there in town. Old Lou took him there and tried to ride him and he couldn't He hardly get up to him and tied him up to a post and he throwed Old Lou off twice tied up to a post. <laughs> so somewhere or another old more Shakespeare got him and they well, you got talked about it they got talked about it I guess. and Wade said I ought to buy that gray horse from you. Morf says, well, he's for sale because he throwed him off twice, too. He throwed him once right in the middle of the road right up there where that fosters. He had him in a pasture right there about killed old Morris. Split his pants, curled up there, he throwed him so. Wade says, well, I'll buy him but you've got to ride him first. Morris says, I'm not riding him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not riding him and he's buck, you know. you mean. You can look at his eye and see it. So he said, well, I'll buy him anyway. But he he knew how to ride a horse. So he went down there and he'd never got on this horse. He'd never rode him. We was going out after them wild cows. Yeah. We took the, hauled him up this road out on top. Or he took the truck and I rode him up, or led him. He went up there and saddled his horse up and I said, what are you gonna do? He said, I'm gonna ride that horse. I says, you we're going out there to rope them wild cows and tie them up. You can't go out there. I said, you don't know whether you can even ride him or not. He said, will be I'll be all right. And he never he never carried it he carried a lash rope all the time, but he never tied it on. He just had it looped over the over the horn. And I and I got after him time to him too. I said, Why don't you tie that rope on that? It's always hanging down. I don't want it. I want it right there where I can get it. (laughs) So we got up on top right there, and he saddled that horse up. And I says, what are you going to do? I said, let me take that horse, and I'll run him around here a little bit or do something. Nope. He said, I I don't need no help. I I said, that's worth a buck. You know that. He said, I'm not scared of him. So he went over there, and he... Got that horse around there and I circled him around there a time or two, tried to get to where he could get on him. And I got over there where he could put the horse up by and by mine. And he got him around there and he swung up on that horse and just about the time he hit that hit the seat on that horse, he took that rope. And he hit that horse right down between the ears with that coiled up rope. And he tore up three or four of them trees around there he finally got him battered up and we went out there and he went out there and tied that cow up that night with that. Roped that cow and tied it up.
3: So he was a, he was a cowboy.
2: Not only that, we went out the next day and tied up another and he went out there that (laughs) next day after that and got that, untied about that tree and led it in. On that horse? On that horse. Uh, I can't remember that horse ever bucking after that.
0: That's probably what you mean by you'd have good horses because he had to use them. Yeah, you but had to he use knew them. what he had
2: to do, when he used them. Yep. You used them, yep. Yep. Yeah, you When you leave town on them and you go down there like that, why they you use them. My dad says, I I used to be a little bit mean to one of them horses. And he says, you better not be mean to them horses. He says, that's how you leave town, that's how you got to get back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> he said you need to take care of them horses, you, you, they're, they're there to use but you need to take care of them too yeah i think that they're i know when i went down there and got that steered out of that he had that little jeep got that steer out of there and i i didn't learn this a lot until after my mom told me she said you had not send that kid down there like that that wild thing down in that place down there. He said, you hadn't send him down there alone like that. And he said, at well, least not alone Chris, with me. <laughs> 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 but it's, you'd have to know the country to know what, what it was to, what I did with that thing down there. You know, and I'm not bragging either. I just, yeah. it was, uh, they had me a while back, they had me talking a thing up there and wanted to tell about. You heard him talk about this. How do, how do you do hard things? Have you done hard things, yeah. even in the church thing? Yeah, I mean, you know they
3: yeah. talk about it, we can do hard things. Can you do
2: hard things? Yeah, I, said, yeah. I done a hard thing right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but I knew, I knew what it was. You know, I knew what the circumstances was down on the other end.
0: You knew what you were getting yourself into I, when you left town? I knew
2: what I, when I left out there in Butter Valley, I knew what was ahead. <laughs> but I had a good horse, too. I had a good horse, and, and I knew what I had to do. I was just a kid, but I knew what I had to do.
0: Well, I think I've asked all of the questions that I can think of so far, but <laughs> if there's something else that you feel like you'd want to share...
2: You probably got a lot of stuff that you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I got all of
1: it. I want all.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll
3: tell you. I'll tell you one story about me and him, cowboy. we was down on the fifty, and we was down there hunting them wild bulls for Quinn and them. Mm-hmm. we would been on our stay for a couple of weeks, and we we'd kill the bull, and we we went out to get it. So we we only had two horses. So we, when we'd kill them bulls, we'd put our packs on them horses and ride on the pack saddle. And our feet in the soft sided panniers
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. sitting on a sitting on a saddle pad so we went out there we got on top of the 50 right there and Quinn and Gene and them guys are down there trying to gather their cows we got right on top and there's a little bunch of cows there and they he says, let's get them gathered up and put them off of here. And there we was both riding packs. <laughs> so we was trying to get them cows gathered up. And I, I looked over there, and his horse was kind of trying to crow hop. And he, says, and he says, I looked around there, and I couldn't see that horse's head, so I figured he must have been bucking. You know, I could tell he's bucking because I couldn't see his head. Sweet. And we were both riding in them, on them pack saddles trying to put them cows off there. We didn't get them off either. <laughs> couldn't see his head. <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. that paint's a good picture <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a lot of good times down there you oh, come down off that old old uh, Delaney might have told you when he come off there and it was slick oh,
0: yeah, he did he tell me, you that? Yeah, I'd
2: like to hear your version though <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, I think that snow was out there but I don't know whether it snowed that day or not we got right back there top of the 50 in that drifted in there it was about that deep I don't know why you wasn't tired
3: I had to come home and have family pictures took or something <laughs> and you were
2: not tired and he I says well I'll go here and I'll go ahead and break the snow in that snow in that snow drift there so the cows can go by so we took the cows and put them on on off and we went, went going down and I was in lead and he was behind and Quinn was behind him and We got down there in that one bad place down there. Boy, it was bad. And he he slipped he slipped and fell down there and it's steep and bad right there that your horse comes like that way, you you slip and fall down, you it's narrow, you know. He come down there and slip and fell down like that, and that horse jumped down like that, and you just kinda rolled a little bit and that horse, is that the story he told you?
0: Quinn told me from his point of view, watching from behind, yeah. watching
3: two slide Yeah, down the one field. of them fall down, one head bop, yeah. pop up and the other and go down. Yeah, I've yeah. heard you tell that
1: before, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was
2: it. Yeah. yeah, old Delane was over here just the other day there when they had that baptism there, and we might do that again
1: there. Yeah. I
0: think Quinn said he could see either you or Delane. One of you was on your hands and knees sliding yeah, down, that. and then the other one, he couldn't see you for a minute. And then yeah. you
3: finally saw your head up. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I, was,
2: it was I was in the lead. Yeah. Now, I was on my hand and knees half the time, but then I'd, I'd get out of the way, but Delane come there and got down there and was right in one of them narrow places, and you lucky he didn't get mm. jumped right on to i right on top of him.
0: Mm. Well, you guys are brave for coming off of that in the ice like that.
2: <laughs> that one horse of mine fell off there and killed him. When I was down there, you know, this was just was down there with Gene and Quinn and D-Lane there. I'd, I'd, I'd say it in, wasn't very long ago, but maybe it was That
3: was in the 90s. Was it was been 25 years ago.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he went up there, and, and I asked Cole. I asked Gene, who was going, I was going up with him. And we were riding up, and I said, well, there's dead around here. And he said, yeah, there's a horse dead right down there. It come off of that ledge right there. Went up a ways further and he, I said, I smell something dead. He said, oh, there's another one right there. So we went up there and, and they they didn't have a, this fish, not fishery, what's his name up here? Build a stove for him.
3: Oh yeah, Bill Coons. Coons.
2: And it was in the pickup down there. It was quite heavy. And old Elaine says well we have got in a little early he said why don't you and Gene go down and get that stove so he took off and went down and got that stove and had a pack horse you know to put it on and we rode all the way except right there in that one place right there well, where that's old right away is. yeah we rode all the way and anyway we started off we'd been up there for a couple of weeks it was coming off and we got there at the top of the hill and I had a pack horse. I had a pack with, with my stuff on. They'd leave theirs up there, but I had to take mine up. And we had the horse's jeans I had him packed, and we got over to top of the hill, and Delane says, well, I'll go first, and he said, Why don't you tie your reins up on your horse and lead the pack? So I was leading the pack and my horse was just coming along behind, and Quinn was behind him. We so got down to that bad place down there and uh, that horse of mine left the trail. No, hollered and st- he said, you better stop. He said, your horse left the trail. So I stopped and looked back. And there's some bad rocks. So where he went down around under like that. And there's a bunch of oak right there. And he got around there and he stopped right down there. I was, looking, I was up on the trail and he stopped and looked up at me like something on here. He's quite a big horse and he Turned around, there's a little ledge there about that high, and he turned around, and when he turned around, his one hind foot slipped off of that, and then he tried to catch him with the other, and it slipped off. He went over there and went off that big old high ledge there, went off there backwards. Oh. He was right down there where them others was when he went up. Was that the only horse he ever lost,
0: going
2: up there? Yeah, well, them guys did. But I, that's, the, the horse, that's the only I hadn't been up there too much. That's the only one I lost. But they, they've lost. Gene said they had a pack on one. They got right to that same place. And there's a jump up there. And he said if they. He had a, quite a lot of heavy pack on it. You wonder if a horse will walk up there and step up through it like that. Well, they can go up through it all right. But a lot of times horses, they don't have an experience. but You get a little jump up while they'll. Ratter up, you know, to get on it, and when they rire up, that pack, mm-hmm. you know where they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gene says, there's enough groceries that down that big hole that down there last couple <laughs> of a month. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That horse went off of there backwards and rolled clear off down through that mook. I took off and run around that switchback and went down, and he was still moving, I went down there and climbed up through that oak, and all of his insides was hanging out. And he, I got there, and he just turned around and looked at me like that, and then <laughs> and he <was> did. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of experience.
0: He was probably one of your good ones, too, because you don't, you don't really <laughs> want to take one that's not very good up there, <laughs> right?
2: right? Yeah, you
3: he, he, he liked ours. Yeah, he
2: that one Lynx had there, he got spooked there and jumped on He had a pack on the pack side was all good And he went off that. I don't know how he ever made that.
3: Yeah, he went off down there quite a ways off of three, two or three 15-foot high ledges. One of them, he landed right on the top of a tree. I think the only reason didn't kill him there.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went up there once, and I'd seen it. We'd been there before, and I'd seen all these tracks down there may' been been something go on right there. I told you then. We talked about it, it and been something go on here. And then we went back the next day. I stopped and looked down there, and there was a tree down there with a green limbs cut off in it. We went down there, and them guys went out there with them mules. And down, mule went off there and killed him, and they covered him up with them.
3: That's that Tom Sawyer. Yeah. yeah.
2: But it's a, it's a, it's a rough place. It's a tough place. It's a lot. It's a lot rougher and tougher now in the country of ours. Well, that night of not is pretty rough.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a lot rougher now. But your daddy—he's probably—he's got a lot of them experiences like that.
3: Yeah, he's been down there on the fifty. He knows yeah, what it's like. He knows
2: what it is. He's—he's he's probably told you all around.
0: Yeah, well, I like listening to those stories. That's kind of part of the reason why I wanted oh, yeah. to start this podcast in the first place was I, I've i just always enjoyed listening to so many people tell all their different stories and yeah. about their life and about catching wild cows. It's yeah. always been something that has intrigued me, so I could listen to it all day. <laughs> I figured I might as well start recording some and try to get as many stories from different people as I could. So.
2: Well, you know, a lot of a lot, lot of guys will work all summer just to get to get there to, to hunt deer in the fall. <laughs> Me, I, I know, I've done that all the time to wait till fall can get out and chase that mallard.
1: oh
2: you went down and took a little lumber down there it was back in the '50s, I guess, built a little cabin down there, and then two older. Well, there's four of us. And two older brothers, we fixed this up there and built the house and got the floor all built in and there and me and Wade, we had our horses out there. We got on the side out there I says, "Look like these guys are carting pretty good here. I said, we ought to go out there and ask them wild cows. And he come around there and he said, do you think it'd be alright if we left? And I said, I don't know, I'll talk to him. <laughs> he went around and he said, he think it'd be alright if we took off and chased them wild cows and he he said, yeah, I will too." They stayed different carpenter than me, why not chase <laughs> <laughs>
1: down
2: It was pretty, pretty rough country, and it's like I said, though, the rougher it got and the more, more serious it got, and the better we liked it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I told them the only man got killed. Mm-hmm. We didn't care about nothing. There's was something about them wild cows. Talking about them cows, you lead them around there a little bit, and they'll they'll come around by the back of your horse, and they'll, they 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 feel like they're safe there. That's why they do that. Me and him was out there. And we had that one cow. And did you tie the calf up too? Anyway tied? Yeah,
3: the, yeah. We tied them both up.
2: Tied the cow up with the calf, and went back out the next day and. <clears throat> there's was, there was a few gentle cows there we had them in the crail didn't they in that rock crail yeah. anyway we took these gentle cows out and got them right together
0: and right this th- is you and Delane
2: and, and Okay. and we had them cows right around that tree where we had this cow tied up and so we thought well if we un- untie it and it would get with them well, they would be alright so we got them cows all around there and one of us went over and untied it that mingled around there with them cows a little bit you know, while they was there. When we went to drive them off, why well, you'd drive them out there, like out to that road right there, you'd whirl them and go back and stand right by that tree. And Elaine says that's why they do that, because they felt like they were safe. They stand there by that tree, they were safe. And we tried and tried and tried to drive that cow with them others, and she wouldn't stay with them. The last time we knew, she was still standing there at that tree.
0: Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Old said she would go back and stand there with that tree because she knows that she's safe there. But she left must have left because we went back there and their horns <laughs> wasn't there.
1: Yeah, no bones there. So she must have left. not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh-uh.
2: Mm. I don't know if they got anything else you'd be interested in or not.
0: I really appreciate your time, too, and for driving over here oh, just to yeah. talk to me, so
2: thank you. Yeah, that was a good deal. I hope I didn't take up too much of your time.
0: Well, guys, that sums up episode four for us. And if you know anybody who would like to be interviewed for the show, please send us an email at cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at cowboystories underscore podcast. Thanks. See you next time.